So I want you to give a warm welcome to Gatana Gatana. to pray, to thank God. Many years I am praying to see that after I came out from a prison and uh, I haven't experienced. And the Lord brought me after 10 years living in Djibouti to that school. When I came to the school, also the other miracle, I don't have permanent residence paper. I came with deportation case. Nobody doesn't know that. Only the school administration knows one day the police will come and take me away and send me back home. Uh, I have a word from God that I came to America as an awakening trumpet. I know God is the one who brought me. Uh, when I was young, I don't have any desire to come to America or to Canada. My grandfather used to have 33 children. And I have many cousins and many uncles and aunts who doesn't know the Lord. I'm very busy among them after I got saved. And here I came to America. And uh, I am start struggling to get my green card. Uh, that is another thing. But that day, the Lord really did significant tangible miracle which I can't forget it. I can't wear dressing shoes like this. I wear sports shoes on that day too. 
but I took off the shoes and I start praying. And I think the Holy Spirit asking this man, Jaff, to pray for my feet. My feet are bruised. I have big scar. And I'm taking painkiller daily. Uh, for 17 years, I took painkiller. And I don't have feeling on my tongue. When they tortured me, they tie this. They try to cut it. And I have migraine headache, which is uh, when it starts for four or five days, I'm not see the light. I need to hide myself inside the room and covering my face, not to talk to people. After that, head headache is gone. I take medication for that too. And I am also depressed. The reason God is the one who brought me here, church is not accepting me, and my case is not accepted by the government, the American government, which they call America a Christian country. They are not accepting at that time persecuted believers. And I just things are not working well, and I, I, I really depressed. And I'm looking a counselor and taking a medication also at that time. Then I think he came and he touched my feet. I feel this electricity passing through my body. I remember it till just like, like now. When that happened, here on my thumb, which I don't have any feeling, putting in the water, in boiled water or touching fire, I don't have any feeling. It's the nerve all dead. The doctor's asking me to chop off, otherwise it will change to cancer. That's what they told me. And I start getting twinkle here. It's twinkling. And I said, what's going on? Then that electricity came from my feet up to my head. I 100% understand I got healed. Then I walk to the aisle. I kneel down on the aisle and start praying. I don't know how many of you are there on that night. I think, Masters, you are there. And uh, Andre, Jav, uh, who is there beside you guys on that day? Anyway, yes, you are there too. And uh, the praise and worship went on and on, on and on. In the prayer room before that, when we are praying for the speaker, I got a feeling that speaker is not going to say a word. I don't know. Mark Oates, which he is from Mexico. He was born in America. His dad was a pilot. And his dad died at very young age. And then the mom took her two boys and raised them in Mexico. She is Mexican but he got an American nationality. He's coming and going. And I feel that feeling. He is not going to preach. I don't know. Sure, indeed, he hasn't done it. Two in the morning, Mom Lindsay stood up and she said, now we release you. If you want, you can stay with this presence. 
If you don't want, go to your room, and we are coming tomorrow at 8. Many people are not moving. I need to open the cafeteria in the morning, and I stood up, I put myself, and uh, clean my face. Walking, this man came. He said, I want to tell you something, what the Lord said about your feet. When he told me, just I started crying, and I told him how I am persecuted, how they pour boiling oil over my feet and hurt it. And I put my socks, and I showed him the scar is gone already. It's just like this. It's gone. It fell down. Till today, I don't have pain. Sometimes the enemy tries to bring it back. And uh, I tell to my wife, it's not going to happen again. And she pray. It's gone. I don't have that pain today. I don't have that migraine headache. But I have the scars on my thumb. I have the scars all over my body. Which it reminds me to pray for these people. I'm asking you a question. How far, how far will you carry your cross? He said, you heavy laden come to me, carry your cross and follow me. That's what the word said. How far you are going to follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God? How far you are going to worship? After the church is open, after you have this freedom? After the homosexuals are coming and asking you to get married to do their sermon? In 1994, the first time when I spoke, they said, persecution is not going to come to America. But the good God, he sent somebody to you to tell you that persecution is going to come to America. Prepare yourself. We are a country. Ethiopia is not colonized by anybody. Go to Google and study the Ethiopian history. Twice the Italians, they try to get the country. Twice we win the war. They came with airplane on Second World War, putting bombing, put this gas. They killed children at school. Even the Red Cross camp is not designated. They put bomb on there. They killed more than 600 children. At the end, we win the war black country for the first time in the history of the world. And Ethiopia has this pride. We are different from Africa also. You know, when I'm driving on the road, I have a problem. They think she's Spanish, and then why, what she's doing with this nigger? That's the problem what I have. They think she's white. I'm black. We have these mixed people. My, my mom, when I know her, she is completely white woman. 
it surprised me. You know, I am the only darkest guy from that family. Most of them are white and uh, chocolate color, something like that. We have this pride anyway. I want to tell you that. We are not eating pork or dog or horse or donkey. We are very kosher. Uh, you know, we came from the Jewish background. For that reason, we have this pride which is not broken from us easily. I like your pride. But pride is not going to exist forever. You need to humble yourself today. Humble yourself. Take out your pride. Love your God. Love your neighbor. Love each other. Love will cover multitude sin. We haven't done that. In 1974, communism came and took place. They put the king on the prison. They killed 60 people. They buried them in one hole. They disarmed. They took all our weapons, all our knives even. Texans still you are fighting not to give up on your arm. Try to keep it. This country is running to socialism. That is their headed. And be careful also for this next election. Pray for the Lord God Almighty to bring the right person to that office. It's enough for us. We saw so many wicked things happen in this nation. Then they put us in prison. They closed down our church. They did so many terrible things to us. Sometimes some of the things what it happened, I don't want to discuss here on the pulpit. Freedom. How many of you love your freedom? What you have in this nation. How many of you think this freedom, what we have, it's going to continue the way it is? May the Lord help us. How far will you carry your cross? The next picture, please. This is a country called Somalia where we are working, what you support also. And we have <clears throat> uh, now, uh, this morning I got one email. We got all together 49 church in Somalia. Daily, the church will burn. The next picture. Somalia is 99.9% Muslim country. And also the country which not established, which not stable to have a government. Everybody is his own government, his own king. Al-Qaeda, Al-Shabaab, ISIS is ruling half part of Somalia. This guy is our evangelist, whom I ordained him and sent him to Somalia to evangelize his people. He got married inside the house without Sharia law. They tried to put Sharia law in Texas. Her last name is Davis. She is fighting now the Senate to bring Sharia law one of the constitution of Texas. Texan. Big, big state. Big tinker. 
Don't miss with Texas. Yeah, they try to put Sharia law. They try to put Islam teaching in your school system. To teach your children how to pray five times a day. This guy, he is not married on that constitution. They came and they got him. He did. They said you commit adultery. And they dig a hole. They buried half of his body. My cousin was buried alive in Ethiopia. Then they are asking him to deny Jesus and to deny his marriage. He refused. He says there is only one way. You see his finger? That's only one way that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was sent. We just have a discussion at Sunday school this morning. That's the only way. There is no any way. The next picture. Then they stoned him. That's what the Sharia law said. If you are not converted to Islam, this is what is going to happen. In Oklahoma City, here, next state, one of the Islam guys who converted from Christianity to Islam, a black brother, asking his co-worker to convert to Islam. She refused. He chopped her head off inside the factory. Our president has not said anything. He wrote a letter to the imam of that mosque, how that imam is contributed to the society. Good teaching. The letter is came out from White House with one of the White House workers and read on the mosque on Friday after that woman executed her head off. Then they chopped off his head. The next picture, they left him for wild animals. The next picture. This is a country called Eritrea. It is one of the states of Ethiopia before. When communism fell down in 90, they separated from Ethiopia. We have two uh, ports. They took support from us. Now Ethiopia is a landlocked country. And uh, the Christian population is 47%. Uh, the, the Muslim is 47%. And the Christian is 53%. The president, as soon as became a president, he closed down all evangelical Christians. Baptist, Assembly of God, Full Gospel, uh, Rema. Every church closed down. All the pastors, they have been imprisoned. Almost some of them are 15 years. Some of them are now 12 years. We lost around 22 believers in the prison. Three of them are ladies. Let me see the prison, what it looks like. This is the people uh, two years ago, if you, one year ago, if you remember, the people who is crossing uh, from Libya to Italy in Mediterranean Sea. The boat sinked, 
222 men and women died when they are running away from persecution. And this is their mothers in Eritrea. They are mourning. They are not getting an opportunity to bury them. They are not getting an opportunity to enjoy them. This is a prison. What is this? What do you think? What's that? Shipmate container. This is the prison what they have. No shower, no toilet, no food. Once in a day, they give them one bread and a small, some kind of sauce. This is a shipment container what they use for prison. The next picture. This is the way they persecuted the pastors in front of their people. They humiliated them and they make them face down with the heat 110 degrees Fahrenheit on the gravel. This is the Bible. No freedom. Pastor Jeff said we are spoiled. Somebody from Romania in Kenya, I was in coffee shop. He went upstairs, bought this book, and looking for me. I don't know him. He walked to me. He said, here, this is the Bible which you are going to preach till you die or till the Lord is coming. I said, who are you? He saw me in a dream and he wanted to encourage me. The reason I lost in Somalia 48 people their head chopped off. The next picture. This is my country, Ethiopia. They said we have freedom. But in Islam-dominated area, there is no any freedom. They burned down 50 church. The next picture. They kill people like this without mercy. This is a dead body of one of the high school directors who is pastoring a church also with his job. Go ahead. This is his face. Go ahead. This is a woman whom she's pregnant. They open her belly. When they found the baby is boy, they killed both of them. They are killing most of the time men. The next picture. This is what you, your church is supporting. We have pastors whom their hand chopped, their feet chopped. I really want to take one of you there. Caleb always, he wants to go. Uh, this year also, it's not working for him. He's expecting his babies. Uh, anyway, this is the pastors what I want you to go and to meet. When they are clapping with that hand and singing with joyful. It surprised you. Their hand chopped off. Their kids smashed in front of them by the mosque imams. And they are joyful. Two of my board members, they went with me and they visited them. And they came back at First Baptist Church. And they stood up and they said, 
we are not Christian till we go to Ethiopia and to visit these pastors. Our life completely changed. We are playing game all these years. Yeah, that's what they said. Two of them, in one word. The pastor asking them to come and to give what they experience. One of the guys, still till today, he's crying. He haven't seen tears on his eye for many years. He's from Mississippi. All his life, he's a Christian. He's Baptist. He said, I'm not anymore Baptist now. I'm a Christian. How far are you going to carry your cross? After you have freedom? After you are not diagnosed from cancer or from something? After somebody offended you? It's enough. You know, I have a story to tell always. She's asking me also to tell this story. Most of the time, most of the evangelists, they are asking me to wear their clothes. My wife always, she doesn't like me when I wear that clothes. She said, you look like them. Yeah, I want to be look like them. When they hang me upside down and pour that boiling oil over my feet, they anointed me in hot and fresh oil. To preach this gospel to them. Oh yeah. That's what they did honey. <laughs> I have this love. For the Muslim world. I want to see them. To know him. And make him known. I don't have another goal in life. I don't have another goal. I don't want to build that ministry. Oh watch and pray is. Da, da, da. No, the ministry is belong to Jesus. It's not mine, period. When we start this ministry, we start with Jaff and some of you. You remember what I said. They are asking me to take money from the ministry. I said, no. Whatever it comes to the ministry, it goes to the ministry. We have orphans, more than 1,000. We have widows whom their husband got killed. We have needy people. You know, here in America, you have social security and you have that mind rest, you know. If I go tired, if I go sick, the government is going to take, me, to take care of me. You have that security. We don't have that security over there. You know, I'm not going to Starbucks Cafe now. Long time. I make a decision. I love coffee. I buy from 7-Eleven. You know, $3, what is it's going to do? $3 will feed one orphanage for a week. You know, we are spoiled here. Very spoiled. I ate breakfast. I'm looking for a snack now. 
Yeah, I'm taking some medication for my blood sugar. They told me to have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack. Otherwise, it's not regulate well. I'm very spoiled when I'm coming here. Over there, our church building is three. A huge, big tree. I took somebody from <coughs> Fort Worth. We went to baptize people last year. All together, we baptized 722 Muslims. We have dedicated people, dedicated brothers and sisters to be slaughtered to be killed among them and ministering to these people. That's why we are asking you to give. To support one evangelist, we need $50. To support one orphan, we need $40. To support one widow, we need $45. To buy one grinding meal, we need $17,000. Some people, they came together, they buy three grinding meal. Now, these pastors whom they hand chopped, they have money monthly. They support another five evangelists from that. We put together a hair salon in $5,000. A church, Stonegate Church from Midland gave us $5,000 and we went to Djibouti. We established that hair salon. Now they are supporting seven evangelists from that hair salon. Amen. How far you are going to carry your cross? I am not asking you to carry my cross. Me and my wife, we have that burden. The Lord gave us that call. We try to answer this call. Sometimes I go to Somalia, people asking me why I'm going there. I love them, God loves them. I know if they found out what I'm doing, they are going to kill me. But for me, like Paul said, death is gaining. They make my day fast to see my Savior, my soul lover. I will tell you this testimony, true testimony, and then I will close it. One of the testimony what I'm going to tell you recently, one of the girls, she is in prison now at this time. Friday, they're supposed to kill her. We prayed. Still we are praying. For the Lord did a miracle. She's running a clinic for us. In Somalia. And she's helping the society. But before her. One of the teachers. Caught by Al-Shabaab leader. And asking her. I want to marry you. 
He said, I'm not going to be the sixth wife. I'm looking for a single person who don't have another wife, and I want to live with one marriage only. He get mad at her, and he came. He confiscated her house with his soldiers, and they found Bible, they found Christian literature, they found in her computer the teaching for new beginner, for discipleship teaching, everything. Then they brought her in the morning in front of her student. They tried to kill her. They are asking her a question. Last year also they killed one of our teachers, a woman who graduated from Pennsylvania, from Mennonite College. And she went back to serve her people. And this one, they gave her a chance to speak. It surprised you what she said. I said for myself, how I am going to end that? How I am going to face that days when it comes? With joy or with, you know, ah, may the Lord help us. This is what she said. Somalia is going to be a Christian country. I want you to know my blood is not in pain. I'm going to die now. You are going to kill me. If God is not doing a miracle, uh, you are not going to leave me alone. I know that. But I want you to know I love you. The reason I love you, you make my day fast to meet my Savior. To meet my Lord. I'm going to be released to live forever worshipping him. I want you to know that. I'm not getting mad or I'm not getting angry that you are killing me. I'm joyful. Men, they get mad. They say, do you finish? No, no, not yet. One of the guys hiding himself there. And he is the one who called me and tell me. One of underground church member. He said, maybe tomorrow is my turn. I don't want to leave this area. I want to see that blood bringing a church. At the end, she said, hallelujah, thank you for doing this. God bless you. Wow. For doing this, God bless you. How is your forgiveness life to forgive somebody who offended you, who harmed you, who molested your baby, who molested you as a child? How you are going to forgive that guy? I have so many people who is hanging there and put themselves in a prison. If you are not forgiving, you are imprisoned yourself. You are in prison, let you know that. It will haunt you always. The other one, she died and she's in glory now. It hurts me. Don't, when I talk like this, don't think it's okay with me. It's okay with my soul, yes. You remember that song? The guy who lost his three or four daughters 
in the Pacific. Wow. He came, he said, it's okay with my soul. Let's go to meet the Lord. It's okay with my soul. But still it's hurting. This woman, the other one, what I am going to tell you, her name is Fatula. Her husband's name is Musa. I met them in Kenya, Nairobi, when I do the training. And Musa really looks like the call of God in his life. He wants to go to Somalia back to evangelize. He came and he asking me a question. I said, how you are going to handle, you know, just people got killed. The time he asking me, they killed one elderly guy who is not married all his life since he became a Christian. He's going throughout Somalia and give testimony and bring people. One time they found him when he carried his Bible and traveled with a bus and checking points. They, when they checked, they found Bible in his bag and then they killed him just in front of the people. They want to put fear with the people not to accept Christianity. That is the reason why they killed them. When I told him that, he said, just what Paul said here, death is gain for me, living is for his glory. Are you saying that word today? Or still you are hanging to make more money, to build a house? Whoa, the dream of some people is really huge. May the Lord help you. Yeah. Live like you die tomorrow. Work that you are living forever. Work hard. It's good. It's not bad. Then, to make the long story short, we send Musa and Fatula with their, with their three children to Kismayo area in Somalia. They start working, and the Lord really favored them. The church is growing. And the people are coming to know Jesus. One day, the Al-Qaeda leader wife came to his wife. She said, Fatula, why your husband is not getting married? Another woman. Why he live with one woman? What's your answer, Pastor Jeff? If somebody asking you today why you are stick with <laughs> your wife and <laughs> that you are continuing only to live with her. We have here programmy marriage. That is the next agenda of Supreme Court. If you want to know what is the agenda of America, they are going to make that legal for Mormons. What's your answer? Why you stay with your wife? Why you have only one wife? It's black and white in my Bible. Marriage is forever with one woman and with one man. Period. You can't adjust, you can't change that. You can't compromise on this word. Fatula told to that woman, we are Christian. We are the followers of Al-Masih, Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Wow, now something started. He said, Jesus is the Lord. 
you are going to heaven only through him. She accepted Jesus. She became a Christian. She is fifth wife to that leader. And the leader, her husband, saw a big change on her. Her character completely changed. And he asking his wife, what is the secret of your life? Why you are became smart like this and loving woman and taking care of the kids, the other kids, taking care of my wives, taking care of myself? What is the secret? Tell me. Do you have this kind of testimony today? When you go outside there? Are you the salt? Are you the light? Wherever you are. Or only when you are coming to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You are showing that fake love. Fake love. <laughs> you are not from inside here. If you don't want to love, forget it. Don't do it. Really, if it comes from here, go ahead with laughter, with joy. Greet each other. I am tired to see this fake love. Everybody said, hi, hi. Lord have mercy. What is your testimony today? At your workplace. Your children, what they are talking about, your Jesus. Your Christianity. Do they love it? Do they enjoy your Jesus? Or they don't want to come to church? No. You know when I travel from church to church, I ask the kids, how is your church? Some of them, they said, it's boring. Some of them, they said, oh, it's cool, it's good. This woman, her character, the way she do things, you know, this word is the one who changed me forever. John 3, 16. That is the verse Dr. Eshelman gave it to me. And here I am today. I'm a very nasty boy when I was young. Very. My mom washed my mouth twice with soap. Ah, yeah. And you haven't seen tears on my eye. Sometimes foam is coming from my mouth when she tried to discipline me. I'm glad she did that. Here I am today. Don't hate a family who discipline you. Don't hate somebody who is telling you your mistake. Love that guy. It will help you. This woman, she told to her husband how Jesus Christ, the Son of God, changed her life. He get mad. He came to Musa. Why you did this to my wife? Are you preaching to other people too? Musa said no. And the guy said, I'm coming tomorrow to see you. Prepare yourself and wait me. You know, in Middle East or in my country, if somebody said, I'm coming to see you tomorrow, you need to prepare yourself for good or for worst. That's what it takes place. Then Musa ran to another city next day when they are coming. Fatula is making food for her three children. And they grab the three children when they didn't find Musa. And they run to the jungle. The oldest one, 
make a way to run away, to hide himself in the jungle and to witness when his two brothers slaughtered. When I heard this, I worked at that time with VOM, VOM, that testimony was on VOM magazine. My face is covered by black thing when I interview them. Then I went there, I stay, I spent days with them. On the end, when I'm leaving, I ask Fatullah, Fatullah, what can I say when I go to America, to the American church, to my office, and to the people who is praying for you? Fatullah, this is her answer. She said, Bishop, I'm not going to have these kids again. I know they are in heaven, in the glory of God, and they are dancing and chanting and playing and really growing with the knowledge of Lord. That is why I am looking for the future. Uh, but I need revenge from God, she said. Wow. What kind of revenge? God said, vengeance is mine. This is the revenge she asking me. I want you to hear me well. This is the revenge she asking me. The people who slaughtered my two kids, I am not getting my kids back again. I know where they are. I want these people to know Jesus and to come to heaven to dance with my kids. This is the word what she said. Forgiveness. To forgive your enemy. To forgive somebody who tried to kill you. Somebody who stepped you from the back. Are you walking in forgiveness? Or you hold something? It doesn't help you, let you know. You know, I'm counseling people. I do counseling. 65%, let me say, 75% of cancer patients they are dealing with unforgiveness. They are dealing with unforgiveness. When I was in Dallas, somebody called me to pray. We have a prayer line over there. And how can I pray for her? I said, we build a church takes around $40 million, huge, big church. And now, we split with one thing. That both of them are Baptist. We split by the color of the carpet which is going to be in the sanctuary. Red, green, blue, purple. She gave me meaning for all color. And the deacon board chose the purple one. And the church split and went to the court. And I asked her, do you love these people who left your church? 
He said, yes, I love them. Do you call them one day? He said, no. Then I said, how am I going to pray for you? He said, pray, please. The court lady decided in favor of us. What about the others? Want red carpet to usher the glory of God when it comes to that house. The purple one, they said, when the king is coming, this is the king color. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I don't know all this. I told her, I'm not going to pray for this. First, forgive each other. Love each other. It's okay to split. But we are working for one kingdom. One kingdom. Love will cover multitude sin. Fatula gave me this lesson. To love everybody. After that, something happened to me and to Wasi. The ministry which we built in Ethiopia for many years. We don't have paper to travel. The first year, me and my wife, we are there. We find out the money what we send. 65% of the money is not going to the ministry. It's going to his salary, his wife, and one of our friends, also a prayer leader for her. Then Mike said this, one of my board members. Gitana, you are praying for the people. You are praying for the world. We are traveling from place to place to pray for the people, paying my own gas. I didn't charge anybody for prayer. God gave me an opportunity to pray for that person. Praise God. A prayer leader is paid. And Mike said, why people in America are not paying for you? He said, I don't know. If you want to pay, you're welcome. But I just quote freely from God. I want to give this gospel free. Then we gave him choice. Give us the ministry. We don't want to continue on this. He took it over. My brother. Wow, it's hurting. For eight, ten years, we support that ministry. We think he's giving the right amount of money to the people, even he is not. We send $50 per pastor. He is not giving them $50. He tried to fool me also. He thinks I'm not speaking Oromo language. I think he forgets that I know Oromo language. Then I met the pastors whom he is working with them. And they complain about the support what we send. I said, how much did you get? They told me way down there from what we send. I said, why you do this? All that's enough for them. Where is the other money? We use it for administration. Lord, have mercy. We left that and we start a new beginning in Ethiopia. Today we have 28 church within these five years after we start by ourselves. That is the reason why I'm going to Ethiopia, to just keep the money what we send, what you give.
it's going to the right place. Do I love that brother? Yes, still I love him. I call him, I said, can we just put this thing together and can we talk? He said, you are evil. I don't want to talk to you. Even if he come here, I am willing to talk to him or to love him. Still I love him. I don't want to be, you know, and forgiveness to walk with God. What's your decision today? Do you have any unforgiveness? You are walking or putting yourself in prison. How far will you carry your cross? And also at the end, we have persecuted brothers and sisters that are asking you to pray for them. How can you pray? Pray for them to endure the persecution. Pray for them to pray for their persecutors and for their persecutors also let their eye open and see Jesus. That is the reason why they persecuted us. They don't know this love, what we experience. You know, when I think about the love of God, always it makes me to cry. I can't deserve this. I can't deserve the Lord Jesus Christ to come and to die for me. But he did it. I was lost, but I am found. I was blind, but now I see that amazing grace came and helped me to be saved and to know him. And this is what you pray for them. And also at the end, speak out. Tell to your senators. Let them do the right thing to this nation. Upcoming, we have a prayer in January, the second week of January. Please, if you can, it's a driveway in Junction, Texas. Join us for three days. We are praying for America. Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, we are going back to our home after breakfast prayer. Join us. We are praying for America. I will send the information to Pastor Jeff and he will make it available to you. And we have also another prayer, Awake the Nation. This is Awake the Nation, what we do, praying for the persecuted church. And we have also another prayer, Awake 714. If my people who called by my name humble themselves, return back from their wicked way, I will forgive them their sin. I will heal their land. We need healing in this nation. We need revival in this nation. We have another prayer also, fuel the fire. Always at 12, at First Baptist Church of Midland, we open for the public to come and to pray for one hour. I am asking you this also. Please, in a day, for five minutes, or for five seconds, pray for America. Pray for this nation. That revival 
to come back and to sweep from north to south, from east to west. We have prisoners that are going to die without Jesus. The Muslims, they got permission to go there and to compare the prisoners to Islam. Where are you, church? Are you willing to reach these people? We have a prayer once in a year in Washington, D.C. On the National Day of Prayer of America, we call it Alarming the Bell. We ask senators, legislators, the White House people to come and to pray with us. That's what we do. And I urge you to join us in that prayer. We will send the information when we have. Now, upcoming, the second week of January, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we are praying for this nation, Injection Texas. We invite people, and I don't know how many people is going to come, but whatever, if it works for you, we love to have you. Mostly the prayer warriors and the pastors and the deacons and the elders. We want to have you. We need to pray. We need to ask God to forgive us and to bring that revival to our kids, to our grandchildren. Otherwise, we are going to miss the whole game if we are not returned back to God. Awake and wake up. It's a time to wake up. It's a time to pray. Let us pray. Amen.